This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Now, there have been voices of sanity in recent decades to offer us a way out of the othering madness I've been describing for the last few weeks. Uh, Voices like uh, Gandhi and Mandela and Martin Luther King Jr., Pema Chodron, Mother Teresa, and, and Thomas Merton come to mind. Now, they're all univocal in declaring that as soon as we other folks, we lose all chance of growing into a more humane life for them as well as for ourselves. Sadly, we've discovered ways to silence these voices of sanity. We've either made them saints so that they could be superhumans and we ordinary folks don't have to do what they did because they were just so much better than us, or we discover moral lapses in their character so we can disregard their wisdom and declare them as false prophets and shams. I remember hearing an episode on NPR's On Being with the host Krista Trippett. She was interviewing a former director of research for the South African Truth and Reconciliation Commission, a man named Charles Villa Vicencio. And the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, if if you didn't know, was instituted by Nelson Mandela as a means of providing healing for South Africans after the oppressive years of apartheid. In that interview, Villa Vincencio shared some startling observations. He said some people, especially in the early days of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, somehow thought of what was being suggested is that if we all just told the truth, we'll all be reconciled. You know, simple as that. If you do A, you'll have B, which is absolute nonsense. Let me put it to you this way, he says, that if you want to talk about justice or we want to talk about truth outside of the desire to be reconciled, outside of the desire to build a relationship, outside of the desire to move on, if it's outside of that, then truth and justice can be very destructive and a very vindictive thing. I think one of the fundamental philosophical roots of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa was the African notion of Ubuntu. Ubuntu, loosely translated, means humanity. It means to live together. It's a concept that says, I am through you and you are through me. It's only in we, as we engage in truthful dialogue and in a quest for building a relationship that we can grow as individuals and as a people. So to the extent I'm estranged from you, I'm less than human. It's a relationship that's required. I, I came away from the commission perhaps learning two things, and that is, one, human beings in certain circumstances are capable of the most outrageously treacherous deeds. You know what else I learned? Is that even these perpetrators, and I've met some bad ones, of all kinds of political persuasions, when you sit down and you talk with them, they are human beings. So how do we move forward into a more humane way of living? How do we stop othering? Well, the existentialist philosopher Martin Heidegger suggests the antidote to othering is being with. 
Now for me, being with has two interrelated aspects. Discovering more of my own inner being to offer to the other and by really listening to the other. The idea is that I go inside of myself and reflect on who I am, why I am, what I desire, why do I act the way I do. This self-reflection can open a space in me to receive others who are struggling with the very same issues. Then I can go outside of myself and soulfully listen to others' stories. And by listening, I don't mean simply listening to slogans, sound bites, and screeching, but rather listening to their stories. One of my favorite African proverbs says, We are not made of flesh and bones. We're made of stories. In my efforts to stop othering and practicing being with, I found listening to another story is essential. Our stories reveal who we really are. They're sacred. And listening, I mean really listening to another story, is one of the greatest gifts we can offer. This is part of what Billy, John, and Elliot taught me and what I shared last week. As I heard their stories and they learned mine, we all discovered that we're really not that different after all. We all ache to be loved, feel safe, to be accepted and cherished, and find a place to just fit in. I've also learned that once you begin to connect with another story, the relational soil becomes fertile enough for the next step in deep human connection, this being with, and that is sharing our flaws and fears. This is what happened to Elliot and me. After our talk about the fear of going to hell, he and I became much deeper brothers. And this was evidenced by his embracing me physically. Thomas Merton, in his journal from December 18, 1966, wrote, The real inner life and freedom of humans begins with this inner dimension when it opens up and we live in communion with the unknown within ourselves. On the basis of this, we can then also be in communion with this same unknown in others. How to describe it? Impossible to describe it. Yet listening to another story, sharing our common flaws and fears, is this essence of being with, this essence of true community. For example, if you and I share a cup of coffee and we discuss all of our achievements and successes, all the wonderful places we visited and the important people we know, we probably won't have a very deep conversation. But when you can find someone that you really trust and you can open up and share your deep flaws and fears with, we discover we are no longer alone. This type of relationship is necessary for human growth, for my human growth, for my becoming more humane. So in my own wrestling with the question, where is your brother, I've embraced it as a wake-up call to stop othering and as an invitation to open my ears and heart to those who are different from me, to risk being with others. And to my great surprise, I've found the one most liberated is myself. Thanks again for letting me into your world this week. And I do appreciate uh, your downloading and listening to the podcast. Again, I ask if, 
If you're finding any value with these uh, simple reflections, that you would consider to share the link to the Meditations for Misfits podcasts with your friends and with your online or social community. As a closing thought for today, here's some more wisdom from my great hero, Thomas Merton, who wrote, Being wrong is something we have not yet learned to face with equanimity and understanding. We either condemn it with godlike disdain or forgive it with godlike condescension. We do not manage to accept it with human compassion, humility, and identification. Thus, we never see the one truth that would help us to begin to solve all of our ethical and political problems, that we are all more or less wrong, that we are all at fault, all limited and obstructed by our mixed motives, our self-deception, our greed, our self-righteousness, and our tendency to aggressivity and hypocrisy. May your journey this week be blessed. Take care.